the Detroit Tigers comeback falls just short. I guess I guess the comeback didn't really fall short. They they did tie the ball game and then just blew it again in the ninth. But they lose a close one on Monday night in a very, very eventful and electric ball game. Let's talk about it all today on Locked On Tigers. You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Tuesday, August 22nd, 2023. Thank you so much for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash MLB or enter promo code Locked On MLB for a free white tech hat with any order. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. The Detroit Tigers lose Monday night's game by a score of 7-6 to six at home against the Chicago Cubs in a wild baseball game. Uh, th- there's uh, good to take out of this game. There's bad to take out of this game. There's, there's third-party influence that we'll talk about. I mean, th- this was really, as far as just eventful, one of the more eventful losses you will see from a Monday night game in August for a team that's now 11 games under 500, which I will gladly take. That certainly makes my job a lot easier, but I mean, goodness, this, this game was all over the place. I've been trying to figure out how I really want to depict and, and, and articulate how I feel about this game, and I just keep thinking of, of Todd Jones. This game was a roller coaster. It was the definition of a roller coaster all over the place, peaks, valleys, Everything in between. Uh, Let's start with the defense in this game. I thought the defense was dreadful. Uh, Seriously, I mean, this was, this team's so weird because they grade out decently defensively. Like they they, they really do as far as like team metrics and and analytics go. Like they, they grade out somewhat decently on the defensive side of the ball, but the one thing that defensive metrics don't really take into account is just like, I don't know, boneheaded plays. <laughs> and like this team has a lot of those still. And like, it's part of the growing pains of where they're at right now. I think that that has something to do with it, but this game was even more than just that. This wasn't like mental errors or anything like that necessarily. I, I guess some of it can be, but I mean, there were just some some really poorly executed plays on the defensive side of the ball. Parker Meadows also, for whatever it's worth, before we move on with defense, started, obviously, his first Major League game, Major League debut, started in center field. Riley Green, his first Major League, I was going to say start, but it's just game total, uh, first Major League appearance in right field. Um, I I think that that's a look to the future. I think they want to move Riley Green to the corners long-term. We've been talking about that on this show for about a calendar year now, uh, that that was kind of inevitable and and coming, uh, whether, you know, no matter how well he graded out defensively in center. Um, And I think that if Parker Meadows ends up being a plus-plus defender out there in center, you're talking about you just made your outfield defense way better. So I'm not against it at all. Uh, I've, you know, again, we kind of saw this coming a while ago. And uh, I'm excited for how good the outfield defense can be. On the flip side, uh, again, the defense in this game back on track was not very good. 
I mean, so many plays. Uh, Spencer Torkelson, we'll talk about how great he was at the plate yet again, and he's been on an absolute tear. Um, just can't hold on to it. was a low throw from Javi, absolutely, but it didn't bounce. Like It wasn't like a normal scoop situation. He literally just couldn't catch a low throw. Um, I guess you can put blame on both sides if you really want to, but that's still somewhat of a blame. Just overall, that play, sure. It's not all Torkelson. Okay, fine. Both of them, I don't really care. Poor poor defense as a team, and that play certainly didn't help. Um, Akil Badu, man, I, you know, th- this was a, a particularly frustrating one as far as he goes just because he has taken massive strides defensively uh, this season. Like, he has actually graded out as a plus defender this year. He doesn't have a great arm. Like, that's not a secret, but as far as just – is he a good defender? Does he cover a lot of ground? He has been an excellent defender this season. And this game was just brutal. He, he just really struggled. He took two really poor routes. One was on a, a gapper, and that ended up being a triple. I think that if he takes a better route, he can turn that into a double. And then there's another one late in the ball game where he couldn't cut the ball off, uh, gets into the corner, and it's an easy double where if he cuts that ball off, it could have he could have potentially held – the base runner to a single. Uh, I mean, just, and and that's again, like that's, that's only a couple examples like this. This was not just like, Oh, Akil Badu was bad defensively and everybody else was great. This was a whole team effort. It it really was just very, very uh, poor defense that was played. I mean, the ninth inning alone, you had that play by Badu uh, and then Veerling that play wasn't necessarily just like a really poor defensive play necessarily, that was just, uh, you can call it poor managing or, or you can call it just a misfire, a rare misfire. Um, A.J. Hinch, in his tenure as manager of the Tigers, has been one of, if not the best manager in baseball at uh, placing his defense. There are metrics to, to very much support that. Um, just in terms of, of shifting and positioning, the Tigers have graded out as one of the better like positioned teams in baseball over the last couple of years. And... We thought that Madrigal was going to bunt, apparently, and he didn't. And the ball was hit down the line. And Veerling was at third. He got caught flat-footed because he was playing in. And here we are. So uh, that was certainly a a frustrating just part of this game in general. Um, Another frustrating part of this game in general was the umpire. I never, ever do this. Like, I... I, I have been an umpire, certainly not at the, you know major league or professional levels even, but um, I, I've, I've umped before and like I, I just I don't enjoy just being like, oh, this loss is completely the umpire's fault or like the, you know the, this game would have been so different if only for the umpire and whatnot. But this game it was really hard to ignore. Like I don't know if I've ever had a segment dedicated just to the umpiring in a baseball game in my entire you know over two years now as host of this show. And this game called for it. It was, I'm interested in the umpire scorecard tomorrow. Cause that all being said, I didn't think it was like first inning to ninth inning, the worst umpired game I've ever seen in my life. It wasn't like the strike zone was the biggest thing ever. It was just really inconsistent and it was inconsistent in really critical moments, specifically critical for the Detroit Tigers. It did not seem to go the other way again, We'll see what the umpire scorecard says tomorrow morning. One of those come out 1030. So we'll see what happens then. But I mean, golly, just like the Parker Meadows AB. 
he takes a ball that's like three, four inches outside. Bases loaded, no outs. Huge moment, not only for him in his first major league game, but just in general to try to win this ball game. Rung up third strike. And the biggest one, and there were a few more. There were the, the, a couple of pitches on for Brisky. Got pinched. That that third strike called to Parker Meadows was not a strike for Bo Brisky. That was really frustrating. But the biggest one was comfortably Riley Green's at bat. That is that is pretty like again, like I don't want to be too dramatic, but like that borderlines on unacceptable. Riley Green had a full count in the ninth inning. He was the leadoff hitter in the bottom of the ninth in a two-run ball game. And he worked a full count. He did not swing the bat once, and he did not get thrown a strike in the first five pitches. And yet the count was full because two balls that, again, were not particularly close to the strike zone, the first pitch a little bit more justifiable than the second strike, which was genuinely nowhere close to the strike zone. Both called strikes. Just... Did not go in their favor. All the 50-50 balls went the Cubs' way. Um, and, I, and I'm not trying to be like, you know, whine because it's the Cubs, whatever. It went our opponent's way. And uh, that was incredibly, incredibly frustrating. So that certainly played a role in the outcome of this game as well. Let's start talking about the game. Uh, the, the players themselves, though, will get off the umpire. Uh, let's talk about what went right and what went wrong on the field. I guess we already did that for the defense a little bit. But we'll continue doing that. Right after I tell y'all about our friends over at Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs are the best. I actually just wore mine today. Uh, I wear them anytime I go golfing at this point. They are my favorite pair of shorts that I own. They make you look good. They're stretch khaki shorts. They're designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg and give you a truly sculpted look. They do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. Um, and they, they're also just fit way better than regular shorts in general that are made of like stiff cotton. Whereas bird dogs, they've invented cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but it stretches. So you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. They truly are like I, legitimately the most comfortable pair of shorts I've ever put on in my life. And the fact that they have allowed me to wear them is what it feels like is, uh, is, is, is incredible because they are great. They are maybe my favorite article of clothing I own at this point. Um, so definitely go check out bird dogs today. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB or enter promo code locked on MLB for a free white tech hat. I wonder if I have mine. Oh yeah. Here it is. Hold on. Boom. White tech hat. This, these things are sick. Okay. Go to birddog.com slash locked on MLB or promo code locked on MLB for a free white tech hat. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Welcome back, everybody. Segment two here, Locked On Tigers. Appreciate y'all for tuning in, making us your first listen every single day. Uh, shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We'll be back tomorrow recapping game two in this series against the Chicago Cubs. Um, be sure to check out the Tigers home radio broadcast, by the way, on the Sirius XM app. Just search Detroit Tigers. Next thing you know, you'll be listening anytime, anywhere to the Tigers home radio broadcast, beautiful voice of Dan Dickerson. Um, so let's talk about this ball game. Wow, what a great transition. In segment two, it's probably time we talk about the ball game. Um, so, Torque and Carpenter. I mean, one of the stories of the game yet again. They are both on an absolute tear. Legitimate argument that they are two of the hottest hitters in the entire game of baseball. Torkelson's slugging percentage in August is like, well, the last like week and a half 
is like a thousand. Like his slugging percentage, not his OPS, his slugging percentage. Um, I, I mean, Torkelson's OPS on the season is now 771. At the end of July, it was in the 600s. He is on an absolute tear. He's crushing the baseball. He homered again in this ball game. He had a four hit game again. His second four hit game of his career. It's also his second four hit game in like the last two weeks. His first was against Boston at the start of this streak. So he stays hot four for five with a home run. And then Kerry Carpenter goes three for five with a home run as well. They go back to back in one of the coolest moments, I will say, of the entire season. Maybe it would have been more solidified as like the coolest moment if they ended up winning this ball game. But Torkelson and Carpenter giving us a great glimpse in the future. Kerry Carpenter, his stats now, he is betting 287 on the season. He has an 887 OPS. This dude is pushing a 900 OPS in his first full major league season. He is remarkable. He's remarkable. His batting average in August is over 400. Incredible stuff. And the fact that, again, we're seeing, I've said it like three or four episodes in a row, but they just keep proving it true. And I keep feeling the need to reiterate it. Like we are seeing Green, Torgelson, Carpenter really just carve out and solidify themselves as like bona fide futures of this ball club. And that's super exciting. Riley Green does go over. Uh, his average drops below 300 now. It's now 299. He did draw a walk in this ball game. Um, yeah, the strikeout, I mean, a low curveball. He's been getting kind of beat on those low curveballs recently. So we'll keep an eye on that. But only one strikeout. We're not going to lose our minds. Um, and, and again, that last AB, he got absolutely screwed. Like this is a, like legitimately, this dude, I, that was a walk. <laughs> like two times over that should have been a walk should have been a four pitch walk. And then it should have been a five pitch walk. Goodness. Then he had a swing at uh, a ball and ended up grounded out to second, but regardless, uh, very, very exciting. And uh, these two are really the catalyst for the last, like just injection of hope and optimism that this fan base has felt over the last couple of weeks. It, it's pretty much, I don't want to say solely cause it's definitely a team effort, but they're playing fun ball right now, and the biggest reason why is because of those three gentlemen. And that's awesome. Even on a night like this, you lose. It was a fun game, though, wasn't it? It was a fun game. Let's talk about the rest of the offense. What wasn't fun, again, we just keep going back and forth. This was a, a roller coaster of a baseball game. Uh, the Tigers go four for 14 with runners in scoring position. At the end of it, that's not awful. By the end of the game, they, they kind of water found its level a little bit, and they were a little bit better. But for the first five innings, they were shut out. They barely had any hits. I think they made only had one through the first four innings. And they were 0 for 7 with runners in scoring position through the first five innings of the ballgame. And when you look back and you go, wow, we only lost by one run. That really makes the fact that you got shut out through the first five innings and went 0 for 7 with Risp really, really frustrating. And, like, that's a point that I am not going to let up on, man. Like, I, this team could get, like, I don't want to say over the hump, but, like, they, they could take themselves and, and really skyrocket and take off to a, an even hotter level than they've been at 
over the last two weeks if they just had a little bit more of clutch and timely hitting throughout a ball game. Just a little bit more. And you're talking about another like sizable step forward that this team could take. And that's exciting. It's but it's also like somewhat disappointing because like they, they are leaving those runner on, but it, it is, does give you some optimism. Before we get any further, th- this is also like this is the game. Speaking of like, oh, you're disappointed in the loss, but but you're also kind of optimistic about the future. This is the game that you show ownership this offseason. This is it. This is the, the the poster child for reasons to bring in talent this winter. You have you did it. You 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 have a homegrown core. You did the whole purpose of every rebuild ever is not to give an entire one through nine and an entire five man rotation and an entire bullpen of homegrown talent. It's to get a core established and then you bring in extra pieces to get you over the hump. This team is still has a long ways to go. There are still a, a lot of things they need to get better at. They're not one player or even two or even three players away from like getting them over the hump. But if there was ever a game, just one game where you're like, oh, prove your point. It's Monday, August 21st, 2023 against the Chicago Cubs. The core brought you back into the game, but the top and the bottom of the lineup struggled. And if you just had one or two more timely hits or better bats in this lineup, the result is different. This is the game. This this is the, the prime example. Like I said, the poster child for give me one example as to why, you know, if I'm Chris Illich, why I should spend money this offseason. This is it, man. You're so close. Oh, you're close. That's like exciting. Like we haven't been close in eight years. You're close. This winter is going to be huge. Um, we'll talk about that certainly as we get closer to the winter. So definitely the, the risk thing is definitely frustrating. Akil Badu goes over just a rough night for him all around. Riley Green over we already talked about. Matt Veerling goes one for four. He's been really sliding lately. His last month and a half has not been very effective at the plate. Um, I will say that th- that clutch hit was the most surprising thing ever. Matt Veerling, I, I think, can be a piece going forward. I, I, I like the fact that they're playing him at third. He's actually been a good third baseman defensively. That's, like, true. Um, but I, I think he shouldn't be hitting in the heart of your lineup. And like that's a testament to still how long this, how far this lineup has to go. Javi with a clutch hit, I guess. <laughs> Broken bat blooper to the right side. Not going to take anything away from him. Um, we'll, we'll gladly take it. We'll take it. Jack McKinstry again, like <laughs> hasn't really been doing well lately. A lot of blue pit. We'll take it. Uh, Carson Kelly, zero for four. Uh, not a very great. Uh, I don't know. Tigers debut. That's the phrase I'm thinking of for him. His OPS drops to five fifty five on the season. Goes 0 for 4 with two strikeouts. Some timely at-bats, too. Just really unfortunate that he seemed to be up in a couple of, like, really high-leverage situations. I'm sure that's not what the Tigers had in mind when they put him in the nine spot. But we'll keep an eye out, man. Like I said, like, to the people that just thought, like, this was guaranteed, like, he's just going to be the 1B catcher going forward. That could not be further from the truth. He has a chance to earn it. But it is certainly not a guarantee with how he's been playing the last couple of years. Um, Parker Meadows. Let's talk about Parker Meadows. We'll do that right for this. 
All right, everybody, welcome back here to third and final segment of Locked on Tigers. I appreciate you all for tuning in, making us your first listen every day. Uh, be sure to check out the Tigers home radio broadcast on the SiriusXM app. Just search Detroit Tigers. Next thing you know, you'll be listening to the Tigers home radio broadcast anytime, anywhere. Um, Parker Meadows made his major league debut in this ball game. He ends the game going one for five with two strikeouts. Again, one of those strikeouts, just a brutal, just a really not good third strike call with the bases loaded and no outs, but he does get the hit, and it was a rope. This kid hits the ball hard. Again, I said it yesterday. Two things I'm really looking for is how he does against lefties, if he even gets opportunities against them, and then his strikeout rate is a big thing because uh, it used to be really high in the minor leagues, then he cut it down a lot, and then this year it went up a little bit more, but it's still not terrible. Um, so we'll we'll see. I want to see how that translates to the major league level. Um, one just pure K, he just swung through a low fastball, and then the second one, he he just got screwed on. That's not even really his fault. But yeah, I'd say a solid debut. He was sound defensively. We all knew he was going to be, uh, and got that first hit out of the way. So hopefully, going forward, we can just have kind of a, a little bit more of a low stress situation and the anxiety filled that that must be your first major league baseball game um, but good for him very very good just roped that ball seriously over 105 miles an hour off the bat just absolutely uh, a ripper down the line in right field so that was a super cool moment let's talk about the pitching in this ball game Alex Fiedo starts he goes six innings three hits four runs only two of them earned however two walks and four strikeouts we already talked about the defense we don't have to really uh you know beat that again just really dreadful defensively uh, for the whole team behind him, which is really unfortunate because um, I, I thought that Alex Fido did pretty well in this ball game. I believe that's still a quality start. I believe someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but a quality start is six innings and three or less runs. And I think even though we had four runs that I think the earned runs is all that matters. So I believe that's still a quality start in the books. Um, the home run was just a hanging slider, like a hanging slider, basically begging for it to get hit out. But besides that one pitch, uh, I, I didn't think it was that bad of an outing. Um, that, that one inning where a lot of the runs were scored, that second inning was all the bad defense that happened. So like, <laughs> not going to blame him too terribly much uh, as far as just, his stuff in general, the slider is always going to play. He has a sensational slider and it's, it's really it. What gives you, it's what gives you, I don't know if optimism is, is the right word, but it's, it's what holds out hope for you of like, man, like if, if this dude can figure it out, like that is a plus plus major league pitch. Um, it, it didn't throw it as much as he has, I mean, still 38% of the time, but there have been outings this year where he's thrown the slider way more than the fastball. Even he threw 50% four seam fastballs in this ball game. I'd imagine some of that is scouting report. And clearly it was a good scouting report because it was pretty effective. So good on the coaching staff as always. But um, this was a, a game where really, I think for the first time you really saw the comments that he and Hinch and Fetter have all made in the past. And that is if Fayetto literally just said it like a week ago. If this dude gets even an average changeup that he can throw to right-handed hitters, he could be really legit. And like he's getting older, and, and his development has been a, a very windy road. And he had the Tommy John, and and it's it's been a a, a heck of a, a honestly a roller coaster of a career. I'm sure he would admit too. Um, for Alex Fido up to this point in his professional career. But I think that changeup might single-handedly be 
the separator of is this dude going to try to like be stretched out as a starter long term or is he going to end up being a two pitch, you know, solid bullpen reliever that could give a start spot start sometimes because um, he threw 11 changeups in this game. A couple of them were absolutely smoked. Uh, well, one of them rather was absolutely smoked. But outside of that, it was relatively uh, well, it wasn't hit. It wasn't really thrown for strikes either. He just threw them low. He threw all of his changeups low in the zone, two righties, only threw it 11 times, but that is going to be the difference maker. If that pitch can be developed, it's it's a whole new conversation, genuinely. I still think he ends up in the in the bullpen long-term, but that pitch could single-handedly change my mind. But he's got to prove it first. But th- this was not a bad ball game. thought he did well. Uh, tunneled the fastball outside with the slider outside to righties really, really well. And uh, yeah, I, I, I was pretty impressed, all things considered. <sighs> Brennan White pitched, one inning, sh- clean ball. Uh, still left the slider up a couple of times. We've been talking about that for weeks, but didn't hurt him in this ball game, so not going to get too hung up over it. Vasquez, again, uh, hasn't really been too effective in his, you know, Tigers tenure. We A lot of people were confused and asked questions like, oh, why did, you know, this dude who has like a two ERA for the Phillies get DFA'd well you're you're seeing why you know the projective stats were way higher than his ERA suggested and uh isn't going to blow people away with velocity either so he gives up a run and a couple more hits he has not been too effective over the last week and then Will Vest gives up another hit but does get a strikeout definitely need to see like a couple really good sound outings from Will Vest before I'm like back on board he has not been very effective since coming back from injury Bo Brisky this is really the big conversation when it comes to the bullpen. Goes one inning, three hits, two earned runs, no walks, no Ks, and uh, and I was I don't know I thought there was another stat there, but there isn't. No home runs against. There you go. Um, ZRA is now three on the season, so I don't disagree with the decision to go to Brisky. And this is part of the bullpen outlook as a whole at this point in the season. If if Foley and Lang are not out on the mound, it's a toss-up. And like even Lang, obviously, the last two months has struggled a lot. He did really well in his last outing, but certainly has a far way to go as well. Even Foley over the weekend, you know, two of his last four outings have not been great. Like your your bullpen, if those two guys aren't on, gets thinned out really, really quickly. And like, you're not going to go to Lang and Foley again in this game in a game in which you were losing for most of it and even when it was tied you you weren't going to go to them brisky was the right call in my eyes and he's been good this year his era was sub three going into this outing he doesn't walk batters the front office and the coaching staff love that about him the one thing we mentioned this when he came back from injury we started talking about it we've talked about it like in almost every outing since i'll say it again this dude needs something that moves horizontally he's got a really lively fastball out of the pen it can go up to 97 miles an hour now that he's a reliever and not a starter awesome two thumbs up okay he's got a plus plus change up that's been his best pitch arguably since he was in the minors right he was on the show when he was in the minors like two years ago now already and and you know talked to to the listeners about how much he liked his change up but This guy needs a pitch that is reliable, that moves left to right. And like he he threw two sliders in this ballgame. Neither were really effective. 
he had one swing and miss, I guess. So I, one of them was really effective, but like he threw two. So like that, that's not a, a trusted pitch is my point. Something that he really, really needs to develop this off season. And if he develops that, this is a whole new ball game for him too. He could be a guy that you even talk about like, oh, I might even want to give him another look as a starter. If he develops like a, a, a trusted slider. And again, like he has a slider. It's just, again, it's, it's not something he uses often or trusts very much. So that is something that, that I think really kind of bit him in this ball game. And on top of that, again, just like poor defense behind him certainly didn't help some questionable umpiring. Like this, this was really just a perfect storm. I don't think that Brisky looked awful in this ball game. The double down the left field line was a ball inside, <laughs> like comfortably a ball inside. It wasn't even close to a strike and it just got turned down. Uh, and, and the third baseman wasn't in the right spot. Baseball is going to baseball. That kind of stuff is going to happen. So I, I wasn't super upset with Brisky's outing. I certainly don't put a majority of the blame on him for how this game ended. Um, but I mean, certainly not his best outing either. So frustrating, frustrating, frustrating. Uh, would be how I, I would imagine that Bo Brisky feels after that one. Just not a lot fell his way. I think that's everything. I think. I guess there was a decision to not pinch hit Carson Kelly. Some people were upset about that. Um, you could have gone Jake Rogers, but if you told Jake Rogers he was going to get – catcher is weird, like, because it's so taxing on the body. Like, if you're going to get a catcher a day off, you kind of need to give them the full day off. So, like, you could have gone to Miggy there. But then, like, still, Jake Rogers is going out there for the last, you know, several innings of this ball game, or you just go Jake Rogers and you just have that naturally. I get both sides of it. Um, I, I certainly wouldn't have been mad if they pinch hit him. I, I would have supported it. Um, but I'm not like that was the worst managerial blunder ever for for you know letting Kelly take those at that AB either. Also, again, good career numbers against left-handed pitching. So there you go. I think that's everything. I feel like there's more because uh, I, I usually talk for like 35 minutes and this is, you know, weirdly a shorter episode for me, but I feel like that is everything. Let's talk about tomorrow's ball game uh, or today as you're listening to this, the Tigers will take on the Cubs again. Former Tiger Drew Smiley on the bump against Reese Olsen. Biggest thing we're looking for out of Reese Olsen, baby. What is it? Everybody say it with me. How good is the fastball? Thank you. You are absolutely correct. Good job. Um, but that really is, on a start-to-start -start basis, the slider is a nasty plus-plus pitch. We are plus-plus pitch. A lot of alliteration there. Um, we we know, like, right? Like, we know that that slider is is nasty and really effective at the major league level. His changeup can be effective as well. It's It all comes down to how good of a fastball can this dude give you. So we'll see. For a team that, again, Alex Fiedo threw a lot of fastballs against this team. Maybe they don't hit fastballs very well, if you, if you ask the Tigers coaching staff. We'll see what happens. But um, I'll be very interested to see, do we get the sinker, right? Do we get the four seam? Do we get something else? We'll, we'll see. We'll see. So that's kind of what I'm looking for out of Reese Olsen. What a ball game. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Every day, uh, shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We'll be back tomorrow recapping game two against the Chicago Cubs. I, I really, I'm just really trying to make sure there's not anything else. Let me check my notes. I feel like there is. Usually I'm like pretty confident, like, oh, that's the end of the conversation. I'm really like not confident right now. 
Riley Green, we talked about right field. Okay, we're done. Appreciate y'all. We'll be back tomorrow, baby. Peace and love. Going to Therapy's Dope. I'll catch y'all then. Go Tigers.